Adelaide first felt something was wrong in the aftermath of the speech. Her father had voiced the formalities, and now those who remained had the chance to speak to the family. The guests were tentative. They offered their sympathy like a gift, of whose appropriateness and reception they were as yet unsure. Buoyed by weka or coral tea, a few dared to meet Adelaide's eyes. But most looked at the bridge of her nose, or into a space over her shoulder. She watched them, hunting for the right words. They wanted to say something. Or at least they wanted to be seen to say something. Unfortunately, none of the usual phrases, we're so sorry for your loss, were much use. How do you condole for a missing person? How do you grieve? Her father had managed it very well. It was a month since Axel's disappearance, and Theodore had staged this event. He named it a service of hope. The phrase was written out on a diminishing supply of cards by hand. The Reknov family invites you to a service of hope for our son and brother Axel. There was no order of ceremony on the cards, but it was firmly established in Theodore's head. First the assembly, with a pianist providing background music. The repertoire was classical, nothing too well-known or too sentimental. A few words explaining the situation, for protocol's sake rather than to fill anybody in. And then Theodore's speech. He spoke adeptly, as he always did, his voice carrying to every nook of the paneled suite. The rooms were quiet and graceful, their walls striped with narrow ribbons of mirror, red cedar, and sequoia. Subtle lamps drew out the natural richness of the wood, whose polished surface gathered hazy impressions of those who passed. Other than the ferns and a scattering of tables and chairs, the rooms were unadorned. They were also windowless. Adelaide's brothers had hoped that the informality of a small, intimate space would make for a more congenial atmosphere than was traditionally associated with the Reknovs. At the walls, security guards stood rigidly enough to be all but invisible. Only their eyes, constantly roving, revealed alertness. Adelaide had wedged herself into an alcove. The space was wide enough to seat two people, but Adelaide crammed her legs in too, denying anyone else access. Two things separated her further from proceedings, a lace veil covering the upper half of her face and the fronds of a meter-high fern. From her semi-hiding place, the rooms, full of figures and reflections, did not look quite real. She couldn't help hearing her father, though. Incense and cedar permeated the air. Adelaide hadn't eaten all day. The Swedish smell and lack of food were making her feel nauseous. She loosened her tie and undid the top button of her shirt and felt a little better. Finally, the family would like to thank you for your continual support and your generous messages. We await news of Axel with anticipation and, as always, with hope. There was a pause. Adelaide knew that Theodore was taking a pinch of salt from a tin and throwing it in the direction where a window would have been.